and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord, and if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Wolf! Rock Jedi, Blarnama Slump, Thunder Mammoth, Elisa Ellie, Das Chris, Fizzgig, Jacob Motherfucker Moriarty, Dickie Lopez, Carnifex, Alex K, Mordine, Toma El Laca, Dr. Grinnis, Forevermore, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Tree Hugger, Darren W, and Gold Rhino. And now a recap of Session 78. As we're putting on a circus, it gets interrupted by some uninvited guests. We break into combat with four pterodactyl riding Zolgaths. It doesn't take long for Jeb and Moonlight to absolutely fuck them up. The wizard goes dragon form and Peach Pie flies around. Ledric, one of the strange local bully guys, tries to get involved and does actually kill one dino, but is completely outshone by the party. The last remaining Zolgath dino pair try to fly away, but Dragon Wizard is fast AF and chases them down and breathes them to death. Meanwhile, Moonlight and Estessa try to do damage control on the circus patrons, and they do a pretty good job. It helps that we didn't let anybody get killed. Estessa tells us about a tailor who could fix our ripped big top, but of course there's some shit going on with them at a place called the Desert Farm. We consider butchering and cooking these dinosaurs we've just killed to give them to the citizens. While we're arguing about that, Guitarin, the bearded man, and Cubby, the talking dog, come to Moonlight to talk about a place called Fortune's Hall, where Guitarin's brother apparently used to work. Seems to be there's some shady shit going on there, and those two want to go investigate. They are almost certainly never coming back. From there, it's been a long night, and we decide to rest. Then I say, let's head to the Desert Farm, as it is the next day. To the Desert Farm. Then you are all traveling down the road. It's a gorgeous day today. You hear the birds chirping in the woods. Nice, clean, earthy smell. And I want everybody to give me a perception check when they're traveling down the road. Boom! Nat 2038. It's a good start. Everyone sees on the path, it's well-worn dirt path, there are dinosaur tracks in the road. But unlike your previous encounter with these tracks, they're not crossing the road, they are following the road up and down. You see them cross back and forth several times, almost as if in a patrol route. On a road? Yep. I guess we keep going. They're going the same way we are, right, then? (laughs) Absolutely. When they're on the road, we're on the road. Let's kiss them. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a possibility. (laughs) Never take it off the table. No, I'm I'm taking that off the table. (laughs) I just imagined Peach Pie kissing somebody like a big smooch on the lips and like his downward frown makeup that gets imprinted on them. And so after kissing them, they just have a big frown. Spencer's very good with dinosaurs. We might make him love us. Oh, we were looking at dinosaurs? I thought it was like a caravan of people. We're definitely going to kiss them. Definitely kissing them. They're definitely kissing the dinosaurs. Yeah, they're very clearly dinosaur tracks. If you give me a nature or survival check, I can tell you more specifics about the tracks. 36. I'm a survival expert. You recognize these tracks as Triceratops tracks. And I know that they are not aggressive unless we make them aggressive. It only takes about 30 minutes to travel from Willowside to the Densert Farm. The forest that lines both sides of the road here opens up, but before you see the clearing, you smell burning wood. Well, that's a good smell. But not that currently burning, it's that smoldering smell. It carries along with it some Zolgath stench. I feel like we gotta have some like built-in immunity to Zolgath by now, right? <laughs> we literally sat in like one of their bathrooms. <laughs> it never gets any better. It sure. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I guess the low-level ones. Could I die and get reincarnated as a Zolgath and then not have to make these checks? I won't hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) There's always the possibility. But probably not. What if we all died and we all just came back as Zolgas and we're a Zolgas circus? 
(laughs) (laughs) You see smoke rising in a thin stream over the trees in the distance. And you're getting close. Do you do anything other than continue to walk down the path? I walk... No. 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 Okay. Make sure everybody has their um, antiplague and antidote. That's what I do. Which I forget all the goddamn time. You have a plus three item bonus to all diseases and poisons. Always. What about stenches? That I can't do anything for you. Nose plugs. You can do what they do to their dinosaurs. They burn out their nostrils. Well, that seems cruel. I mean, obviously. Well, now I have no sympathy for them. Like, before (laughs) I had sympathy for the Zolgath. But they burn out the nostrils of their mounts? Fuck these guys. Yeah, they burn out the scent glands of the dinosaurs. Does it say that in the book? They train. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, there goes all the sympathy I once had for these fucking Zolgaths. Why do you have sympathy at all for them? Because they were fucked over by... They were fucked over. They were already fucked them over. They had perfectly good life-sustaining orbs, and Aridin stole them from them. <laughs> yes, he did. Maybe his people needed him more. The humans? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just rose a rock out of the ocean just to show that he could, basically. <laughs> so, you all walk into a clearing, and in front of you, you see what looked to be the uh, burnt-out remnants of a barn and a farmhouse. Only the barn is burnt out? Only the barn is burnt out, correct. And there are also four Zolgaths riding Triceratops in this clearing. Two of them are at the back of the clearing, tending to a campfire. The other two are standing at the front of the farmhouse, and you all walk up, and they turn and face you. Intruders! Initiative. No, we're not intruding. Just here to say hi. Hi. E- excuse me. We would like to talk to you about our lord and savior. Mo- moonlight. <laughs> Get them! Forget Zev Gavazeb. Let me tell you about Nocticula. <laughs> all right. At the top of round one, outside the Densert farm, the wizard starts us off. I use my first action to step forward, um, so because I was I was behind Peach Pie, so nobody's in front of me now. And uh, second and third actions, I will use a level five Cone of Cold to attack the two Triceratops and Riders in front of me. Classic wizard open. Need to get some reflex saves here for you real quick. Looks like we've got ouch. ouch, big ouches, two critical failures, and two failures. Oh, that's so good. Let's see what this looks like, wizard. Oh, fuck, that's so many yeah, it's dice. 12d6. It's pretty average. I got 40 and 12d6, so 80 for those critical failures and 40 for the regular failures. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, One of the Triceratops was a critical failure, and one of the Zolgath herd tenders was a critical failure. But not the one that was riding the other, of course. It's never that easy. Fantastic. The Triceratopses rear up on their hind legs in shock. Moonlight, it's your turn. I mean, Moonlight found they really, really like this new spell they got. So they're just going to drop it on them. We're going to do a little uh, phantasmal calamity. Meteor is headed right for him. Dinosaurs all over again. (laughs) (laughs) I need some will saves. Okay. Wow. Uh, (laughs) So the same Zolgath that critically failed wizard spell also critical failed the phantasmal calamity. And we have two failures and one success from a Triceratops. But that's not looking good for these people. Uh, Well, we will start with the base damage. We're going to do 45 on 11d6. Sorry, Ted. The fuck, man? <laughs> One less dice and, what, five more damage than me? Five more damage, yeah. And I guess the critical failure thing does not matter because it looks like that one died. Yup. <laughs> I mean, you guys just dropped, uh, what, 80 and the 90 damage on it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> AoE bombs. Third action, Moonlight Cast Shield. 
Alright, well, then in the mind's eye of these four reptiles, the sky goes red. They look up, balls of fire are falling and landing all around them in explosions. It's a calamity, but it's actually just fine. The phantasma calamity. Alright, then that takes us over to Triceratops number one, which is actually the back by the campfire. And they haven't received an order yet, so they actually delay. And that takes us over to Triceratops 3, same thing. Hasn't received an order yet, they're also going to delay. That brings us over to one of the Zolgaths that just got nuked by the Spellcaster's AoEs. He's not looking great, and neither is his mount. But he uses his first two actions to do something called Feral Directive. He commands an animal. One of the Zolgaths who has astride a Triceratops, and they're both not looking good, at least this one's still alive, uses his first action and his second action to command their Triceratops. And the way that Feral Directive works, we'll cover this real quick because it's going to be a thing that is common in this book. When the Zolgath attempts to command an animal on their mount, instead of demanding a specific action such as stride or strike, the Zolgath gives a general directive. The mount and the Zolgath each retain three actions on their turns, but the mount doesn't change its general tactics until the Zolgath dies or uses feral directive again. That's the first two actions for that. With its third action, it had an alchemist fire in hand, and it will use that to throw at not me. Not me. The wizard. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 36 to hit the wizard? Yeah. Alright, wizard, you're gonna take 10 points of fire damage. And you also now have 2 persistent fire damage. Everybody around him, which is Peach Pie, Jebediah, and Moonlight, take 2 points of fire splash damage. I make a reflex save to uh, not take that. I just bask in it. Do you know what percentage of my health two is? Less than one. Less than one. <laughs> Less than one percent. Well, boys, in for a ride. Which takes us over to Jebediah. It's your turn. I'm curious what these idiots in the back are going to do. I'm going to hold out. You're going to delay? Yeah. Got it. Then that's going to take us over to the idiots in the back. One of the Zolgaths astride one of those Triceratops uses his first action, first two actions, to give a feral directive to the Triceratops. And is going to succeed with a nat 20. Damn, let's go extra fast. To attack y'all, and with its third action is going to pull out a short bow. After that, the Triceratops that he's riding was one of the ones that delayed before, is going to not delay. Or I should say, jump in the turn order. Don't think I can make it all the way over. Like, I knew they were back there, but I did not really realize how far back there they were. Oh, they're far back there. I counted it to see if I could hit them with any spells. They're way back there. This Triceratops uses all three of its actions to roughly cross cross half the distance to the party, across the space between the burnt-out barn and the, for now, intact farmhouse. Which leads us over to the other Triceratops. Not in the back, though. This is the Triceratops with the dead Zolgath rider. Just kind of flopping around on his back. Which never told him what to do. Never got a directive. It did take a shit ton of damage from y'all. It's stupid. It doesn't know who did it. Half its health. Just magically appeared. What it's going to do with all three of its actions is it's going to flee in the direction, the opposite direction that the Triceratops from the back is coming from. So it's going to spend all of the three of its actions going backwards and will run right past its comrade in the process. All the while his rider is just flopping on the back. That takes us over to the, one of the Triceratops that's up front. This one still has... No, I'll go. Oh, Jeb's jumping in. Because <laughs> you just perfectly once again lined up a chain lightning for me. Did I really? Fuck, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will cast chain way. lightning on Triceratops 2. <laughs> uh, this, this is going to be gross. 
This one gets a 35 with a 19 on the die and just gets the regular success. Oh, that almost stopped me right in my tracks, what a dick. So number two, second half. Triterosops two. The one he's riding on half. gets a 31 at success. It's two 19s in a row for their saves. Jesus Christ. Normal damage, yeah. So then the Zolgath and the Triceratops behind the front ones. Both of those guys taken normal. So they both fail. Normal. Hops back to the Triceratops that's fleeing, and it fails. Yes. Ooh, critting on the back guy. Finally, we get ourselves the Triceratops in the way back. Critically failed. And a failure. All right. So, so three successes, three failures, and a critical failure. That's what it looks like. Damn, 8d12? Nice. Yeah. He does some fucking damage. I did damage. Wow. Jeb, how, how much... So you hit one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven enemies. I can't just not line them up for Chain Lightning on purpose. They're just <laughs> doing what they would normally do. It just so happens. So Jeb just dealt 397 damage. Damn, buddy. Hell yeah. I'm the Lord of Thunder. And that lightning just cracks through that line of Zogaths and Triceratops. And how many of them die as a result? None. None of them died. Everyone just got really fucking hurt. <laughs> They're all hurt. No one died, didn't they? The Triceratops right in front of you. Oh, yeah. Triceratops too died. Uh, well, then with great authority, I'll just step 30 feet up. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> and Turtle will do a little dance. She loves lightning. So she just <laughs> moves around in this tree and circles it. And that's it. All right. Not much, but it'll do. Not much, he says. <laughs> well, then after Jeb jumped in and literally the Triceratops turned, you interrupted. You just lightning bolted to death or chain lightning to death. So instead of being its turn, it's now Peach Pie's turn. So that Zolgath that was on that Triceratops is just standing there. Or maybe it fell over. I mean, it, the, the Triceratops doesn't, like, disappear. It falls forward, and the Zolgath is still mounted on top of it. Yeah, all right. Rage, sudden charge, and I give him a little boop to put him out of his misery. Just a little boop? Just a little boop. So can you sudden charge after raging? Yes, you just can't attack. They can't, like, do, like, an attack and then sudden charge, but I can rage and sudden charge. Is that how the open trait works? Yes. The open trait is you cannot use the open trait after attacking. It has to be your first thing with the attack trait. So I get a 30 to hit him. 30 does hit. And uh, give him a little boot for uh, 42 damage. Well, you boop him right off the Triceratops, and he flies back a few feet, lands on his back, and doesn't get back up. Done. Then that goes to the bottom of round one, where the Zolgath herd tender in the back took a little bit of the chain lightning damage, but isn't nearly as hurt as the rest of the Zolgaths on the field. And he looks around frantically and sees everything just falling apart. He is going to attempt to rally, and he pulls out his short bow, and with his second and third action, commands his mount to charge forward. And he gets a 25, which is a success to command the animal, which is gonna make that Triceratops, who delayed from the very beginning, drop in right after this Zolgath at the bottom of the round. And it's gonna spend all of its actions charging forward which doesn't quite get him there. Peach by Jebediah, about 20, 30 feet away, this Triceratops is just barreling towards you with its horns down, Zogath on its back with a short bow drawn. Batter up. And that takes us to the top of round two. The wizard, you start. Uh, I'm going to move 30 feet forward, closer to all the enemies. 10, 20, 30, right next to Jeb. I'm going to drain bonded item and recall my fifth level cone of cold and drop it on the four enemies in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. These poor dumb bastards. Reflex saves. We've got one success, two failures, 
and one of the Zolgaths critically fails. In fact, that one that was just trying to like rally the troops and critically fails. Now there's some rolls, Ted. Uh, I got 46 on 12d6, so a bit better than last time, but barely better than Swanee's 11d6. I guess so, uh, yeah. There's a lot of sixes in there, but still a few ones. Yeah. Let me tell you about 8d12. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so two of them take the full 46, one takes 92, and one takes thir- uh, 23. Damn. Doesn't look like any of them die, though. No, not one of them dies. However, <laughs> the one that was charging you falters for just a moment as you've really put him way down. He's looking real bad. Wizard, you're still a little bit on fire from the alchemist fire. You take two fire damage. <laughs> and got a 14, so I'm going to die taking two damage every round. Mm-hmm. You're just going to forget about it. Yep. And it's, then before you know it, you're unconscious. It's going to eat away at all 138 of my hit points. <laughs> Feels good to be level 12. All right. Well, and after the wizard, that takes us over to Moonlight. It's your turn. All right, so Moonlight will use their first action to do reach spell then second and third action to drop a sound burst on this zelga or triceratops one and herder one all right we will target both of those and we're gonna do this at level four we need some fort saves well you're gonna get a 34 from the triceratops and a 24 from the zolgath so it looks like a success and a failure Correct. So they will take 20 damage and 10 damage. Looks like it kills both of them. It absolutely does. I look over at Moonlight and roll my eyes. It's not Moonlight, sorry. <laughs> look over to the wizards and roll my eyes. Kill, stealing son of a bitch. Like me and you were up in the front fucking line, dropping cells, Moonlight's hiding back. And drops one and just steals two kills from us. Was that one of the ones that was way in the back? That was running forward? Yeah, the one that was the two that were way in the back, and he had made a big deal about charging forward and the whole nine yards, and uh, yeah, no, you just killed them both. Now you can go after the next one. I don't see what your problem is. <laughs> the field is looking quite a bit different than it did after two spellcasters go two rounds in a row and drop a bunch of spells. Oh, don't forget the chain lightning. Three. Three spell. Jeb is a druid. Druid spellcast. <laughs> He's done more damage sometimes. than me and Moonlight put together in this combat with one spell. At this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game gave me chain lightning. It's too good not taking. <laughs> Did you say more or more than us combined? It's really not more than us combined. That's going to really lead us up to the only remaining. (laughs) This guy's got to be thinking, what the fuck? They're, I mean, they're, they're charging. Uh, they're, they're charging through a bunch of, you know, fallen comrades at this point. But they do continue forward. This one pulled out its uh, composite short bow earlier. And it's going to use that short bow to attack first Jebediah and gets a 37 to hit. Oh, jeez. I'm too, I was looking at my... I was like, that might be a crit, but I forgot I'm level 12. <laughs> <laughs> Deals you 16 points of piercing damage, and then it's going to get another shot off. This one is going to go for the wizard, who's right next to Jeb. This guy's his last remaining guy, and he's splitting damage. <laughs> what a fool. Uh, gets a 23 to hit the wizard. No. That does not. No. And boy, that was frustrating. Do it again. With its third action, shoots again at the wizard because missed the first time. And misses again. That does take us over to the Triceratops that he's riding. Its first action to stride forward 30 feet. And then with its second action, uses something called Lumbering Charge, where the Triceratops strides up to 10 feet and then makes a strike. And because this thing is huge, it strides up to 10 feet. And it is in your reach, 15 feet away. It is going to attack Jebediah with that lumbering charge. It is a 15-foot range. Yep. 
Jeb does a 34 hit. Yeah. Jeb, you're going to take 18 points of piercing damage. You guys remember when we fought one of these Triceratopses in the basement of the Aradin Temple? And it was like, it was pretty tough. Yeah, it took us a long time to get through all of its hit points. (laughs) No longer. God, this is such a well-designed system. So good. (laughs) So good. With its third action, it is going to knock Jebediah prone. Son of a bitch. I gotta stand up now. All right. Well, that takes us to the last Triceratops. Riderless. No directive. Back by the campfire that was being fed by the Zolgas in the back, turns around and just kind of like stops his running away in a little bit of a prance behind the fire, and then turns to look at what's unfolding in front of it. The horror. Jebediah. So so you're saying it turns to watch its friends die. That's... Essentially, yes. Kind of masochistic of it. Jebediah is going to strike some people. Um, yeah, I'll just step forward and I'm going to swing at the rider. Or are we going to say I wouldn't be able to reach him? I don't know. Oh, no, you could absolutely reach the rider. Okay. I get a 36 to hit. A 36 hits. 28 damage. 28. And Turtle's gonna step 20 feet up and just roar really loud at the Triceratops in an attempt to make him flee. If there's not an actual diplomacy or anything, I just want to scare him away because she doesn't like all the animals dying. And that takes us over to Peach Pie. Bottom around two. <laughs> A lot of shit has happened in 12 seconds. A lot of smoke and cold and the battlefield temperatures are all out of whack a five foot step up and we're going to smack that Zolgath I get a 27 to hit does still hit the Zolgath alright I deal him the dying damage alright just like the other one you knock him right off the triceratops oh I have a third action do I kill the dinosaur or seeing that Jeb and Turtle want to try and keep the dinosaurs alive do I not kill the dinosaur? I, I'll say a word. I tell you not to. I think it'll flee like the other one. I stay my last action. At the top of round three, we have the wizard. Now, there are only two Triceratops living. One seems to be indifferent or, uh, you know, staying away from combat back by the, the bonfire. The other one is in the middle of attacking you. Well, Jebediah, but... Um, I do nothing. I smoke my pipe. Oh, sorry. Wizard, you burn a bit. Oh, no, yeah, then I would be, like, trying to pat myself out or whatever the fuck that's called. (laughs) You still have persistent fire damage, so you're gonna try to put it out? I like you just smoking a pipe while on fire. Yeah, yeah, the wizard lights his pipe off the little fire on him. He's about to he's about to light it magically, and he's like, "Wait!" And he just like tips the pipe towards his like sleeve that's on fire. Wow! Then, as uh, the wizard smokes his pipe, moonlight. Moonlight delays. Well, that takes us over to the Triceratops, and this is the one that is attacking. And it is going to continue to attack. This time at Peach Pie. No, you're supposed to run away. It gets 24 to hit. I'm fine. It rears forward, misses. Makes a second attack, this time a foot attack against Peach Pie. Gets a 30 to hit. No. No, that misses too. Finally, as it comes back down, tries the horns one more time. Gets a 16 to hit. Dear fellow Triceratops, really, you should just go away now. <laughs> You're like shooing him away. <laughs> As it's trying to maul you. <laughs> that takes us over to Jeb, because the other Triceratops is just kind of meandering about around back there. I'll let you do as you will, but Turtle and Jeb are going to do a non-ruled thing and try to corral this thing out of here. Would you like a ch- What check would you like for this? Is you're spending all three of your actions, I guess between you and Turtle, all four of your actions, beginning the process of making an impression. So we're doing some Chris Pratt shit here. Now since we've started that, it's done its damage. It is going to, it doesn't have any, uh, a rider 
you obviously have charge of this situation, and it's used to strength being the commanding force in its structure. So I'm going to allow it to go for a minute, which you'll give me your diplomacy check. Nothing else attacks us, or that other one just keeps fucking off for that whole minute? Yeah, the other one just keeps fucking off for the minute. It wanders around. You know how great it is to be a druid with diplomacy? (laughs) What'd you get? 33. That is a critical success. But I just remember, like, I have a one charisma. You know how frustrating Wild Empathy was in 1E? Oh, absolutely. You're like... I'm not putting points in charisma so I can talk to animals. (laughs) So that's a critical success, uh, which changes the attitude of the Triceratops by two steps from hostile to indifferent. Yeah, that whole minute, Moonlight's sitting there with a ready to action to attempt to intimidate if necessary. (laughs) (laughs) The whiz is on fire. For an entire minute. (laughs) Burning for a minute. Just refuses to put it out. Oh, there you go. You got it. You burn for another, what, 12 seconds? Two rounds? So out of combat, the Triceratops that Jeb just stopped, puts its beak mouth up against Jeb's outstretched hand for a moment, and then turns and walks back towards its only living compatriot. And they both wander into the woods together. Moments after, they wander off into the woods, you hear some rustling behind the front door of the farmhouse. Almost like large pieces of furniture are being moved, wood scraping against wood. And then the front door is open. Rushing out of the front doors are two young boys, followed shortly by a man and a woman in their middle years. And the boys run out, and you see their eyes just kind of go wide at the scene. There's frost covering the ground. There's charred lightning marks all over the place here. There's dead Zolgaths, a couple of dead Triceratops. What you would assume to be the father raises his hand, says, Hail, thank you. Thank you very much for for saving us. They begin picking their way through the dead bodies towards you. I feel like when the door first opens, like Moonlight's like got a spell like ready to go, and then they see these little kids run out and they like quickly like put their hands behind it, like their like branches. <laughs> like, oh shit. This is this is not an enemy coming at us. Not, not an attack, not an attack. What was the name of the family again? Uh Densert. Densert. The Densert family. The two boys go over and begin to kind of inspect one of the fallen Zolgaths that's nearby the mother looks back at them there's boys put that down yeah. as they're like picking up a bow and some arrows to play with it the father walks up did you all come from town you must be from the circus that Estessa was talking about what gave us away the tall clown to be honest with you Wow. yes he does look rather circusy doesn't he we are with the circus of wayward wonders I am moonlight Oh, that's fantastic. I, I I wasn't expecting you to come out and, and save us. We, we intended to come and see the show, but we've been just absolutely terrified, unable to leave the home. The patrols have been coming by, and the other night they burnt down my barn. Why didn't they burn down your house? Honestly, I don't know. Well, you are fortunate that they didn't, and that we happen to be in need of someone that can sew. Oh? Oh, we have many crafting materials for that sort of thing. Well, what exactly do you need? Well, during the show that you mentioned you missed, uh, we were attacked by Zolgas on big flying dinosaurs, and they ripped through the top of our tent, and we need to fix it. And he throws his fist in the eye. Ah, bastards! Burnt on my barn, attacking entertainment coming to the town. They're getting bold. To be fair, they're likely attacking us because we've killed many of them. <laughs> the wife steps forward and kind of uh, grabs around the husband's arm and says, uh, Honey, we should really take the boys into town. It's not safe out here anymore. No, I agree. I agree. It's not safe anymore. You need materials. What kind of things are you... A canvas? A big canvas cloth for the, the tent? Yes? Yes. There's a large... Very large canvas tent. 
with a very large hole in it. Well, perfect. Please, come inside. I have, we have materials that you could absolutely come and take a look at. As you are all walking inside, he shows you to where the, the cloth is. He has the thick canvas material that you're looking for. And the boys run in behind. One of them looks up to the mother and says, Mom, are we going to town now? Uh, yes, yes, we, we will pack up your things. Go, boys, pack your things. And they run off to their room. They're able to provide you with enough canvas to... And I don't even know if this makes a difference for you guys. Regardless of the circus's prestige, the Denserts provide the Circus of Wayward Wonders the next size of tent expansion at no cost. Oh, shit. That's huge. Yeah, because I think we had the second largest one. I truly can't thank you enough, and I, I will expand your tent for you, and uh, I just uh, truly can't thank you enough for saving my family and I. We'll be in town and out of business for some time, so we will make do without the cloth for now. So it's going to take him some days to work on it and get it fixed up. Yeah, I mean, Moonlight will offer to basically walk them back into town. Uh, very much, please, yes, thank you. The, the patrols are out on the roads. That was the reason we hadn't gone back to town. That, that Just the other day, they ended up entering the grounds of my property. After the conversation comes down to a lull, the boys come downstairs. They both have rucksacks filled with clothing and, and other possessions, random toys and things like that. They're about maybe 10, 11 years old, and they're twins. And one of them walks up to Peach Pie, tugs at his pants, his big billowy pants. Hello. Hi, Mr. Clown. Mr. Clown. Hello. Oh, it talks. Yes, of course. It talks. Oh, my God. Can we, sh- can we show you something? Uh, are you talking to me or Peach Pie? They look at each other, and then they look up at Bernard. Both? Both? All right, then. One of them then reaches into an extra bag that he had takes it into the next room and opens the door and opens it and and dumps the bag out. And the bag is filled way, way more supplies than this bag should be able to fit, but filled with painting supplies. An art easel, a canvas, paints, paintbrushes, and all all these sorts of things come piling out of here. Uh, Even like a, a painter's smock. The one of the twin boys puts the painter's smock on, sets up the canvas on the easel, lines the paints, pops them all off, and uh, then gives a thumbs up to his brother. The brother walks over to the door and closes it, and then he brings Peach Pie and grabs him by the pants and pulls him farther away from the door. He says, "Come here, come in this way, this way," and just walks you further on the other side of the room from the door. I follow. Lop, lop, lop. <laughs> okay. Now, I want you to describe to me something that you want my brother to paint. A rainbow. Okay. Is that it? How about a rainbow over a waterfall that's in the middle of a forest and a running river? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Perhaps there's a squirrel there. Okay, all right, one sec. And he puts his hands up to his head and he... Okay, give him a few minutes, okay? I am a fan of artists. Oh, you're going to love my brother then. I wait patiently. Okay, he says he's done. And he grabs you by the hand. Well, really, he grabs one of your big fingers, walks you back over to the door, and he says, are you ready? Yes. He opens the door to the side room that the other brother was in. And before you is a canvas with exactly what you described. Waterfall with a river in a forest with a rainbow over top. And there's even a little itty bitty rainbow squirrel in one of the trees. Mm. And it's pretty damn good. It was a speed paint to be sure. But it's very well done. Peach pie cries a little tear at how beautiful it is. What do you think? And Bernard Bernard goes, Well done! Well done! Marvelous! <laughs> they both they both get a little giddy for a second and they bow. 
Beach Pie leans down very seriously. I haven't gotten into this too much, but I must also give you a piece of advice about creating art. Whether it be the final stroke of your brush or just your signature, you must complete it when it is dark outside at night. This is the way it should be done. They look at at each other in slight confusion. That is an edict of Nocticula, who Peach Pie worships. So, so I tell them that fully understanding, like Peach Pie probably doesn't understand. Nah, he does understand, but he just doesn't care. He understands they're not going to understand, but he still had to tell them. And they do look at each other in confusion, and they, in unison, say, Huh? Secondly... Would you like to join a circus, I suppose? Yes! <laughs> yes! 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 All go tell Moonlight. Peach Pie, are you offering those children to join the circus? Are you shouting that like from outside the window? Yes. <laughs> like outside outside the door. <laughs> Is child labor okay here? Ch- ch- child labor's cool? <laughs> yes, Moonlight should really run that stuff by the parents before you just offer their children a job. When the father comes over, he's he's gathering some bolts of fabric for the tent work he's going to do, and he pops his head out, and he goes, what'd you say now? Peach Pie walks up to him, carrying his giant hammer covered in Zolgath and Triceratops blood. <laughs> I think your children would like to be part of our circus. <laughs> also, why should they be part of the circus? We need somebody to clean up the poop. Oh, go look at the art. Also, I think they have telepathy. Tele- what? (laughs) They can communicate through their minds with each other. Oh. Well, that is an interesting ability. Indeed. Think of all the people you could trick in a game of cards. Where did they get this ability? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> As you're talking about using their, their children to cheat and win at card games. <laughs> Still chaotic neutral. Still chaotic neutral. P.S. I'm looting all the bodies while this is happening. <laughs> they never have anything good anyways. I, I still search. You're going to find more Zolgath shit. Stinky Zolgath bile. There's, yeah, there's, We're getting higher level. Maybe they're got some random shit. We're level 12. They're, they might have at least plus one shit. Yeah, plus one striking wounds, right? <laughs> and that's worth a little bit of money. So the father walks up and he says, What's this now about joining the circus? I think your children would like to make telepathic art for people. Perhaps for money. Oh, they showed you that, did they? Very strange thing that they began doing young. Remarkable. The very talented. They are very, very talented, but they are just children. Although I suppose you'll be in town for some time, correct? Yes, you can keep an eye on them. I promise the people at the circus are actually quite good people. Yes, our time in town does vary. Depends on what else we have. We're neutral. Not us, but the people in the circus. Like, pretty much everybody's neutral. No, there's plenty of good people. Like the, the the acrobat family, they were nice. Ellie's obviously nice. Aren't you friends with a drug dealer? Yeah, well, they <laughs> should probably not hang out with him. Well, and also, Bubbles is not written into the adventure. That also, was... he's he's off just dealing drugs. So you know, it's just dealing drugs <laughs> in town. Good, right? good people. He's a, he's one of those good drug dealers. Literally, you probably know many drug dealers who are good people. That's true. Yes, that is that is possible. <laughs> These things are possible. <laughs> Despite <laughs> You can't be a good people when you're trying to get kids hooked on dope, guys. Nobody said we were selling these kids the dope. <laughs> we sold it to those other kids. <laughs> we sold it to the kids. The local kids. <laughs> hey kids, you wanna smoke this? I handed my pipe. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now your art's going to be real cool. <laughs> God. The father says, well, uh, you know, as long as you're in town, 
I guess I don't see any harm with them performing while in town. He looks outside the window at his burnt-out barn, and he says, I lost a lot of product in that fire. Maybe it's time to find something different. Uh, let's see how it goes. I would imagine that you need repairs, tailor, tailor, at the circus. Do you have a tailor? Not to my knowledge specifically. I think we just make do. Yes, we usually don't have very large shoes. I suppose I'll agree if I can take a job as the tailor as well. I need to be able to supply for the family somehow. Do you know how to work on, like, magical shit? Like, can you improve magical items we currently have? If there were, like, a tailorable item, such as my sleeves? I don't really have any experience with magical Oh, things. fuck you, I don't care then. Whiz out! <laughs> Whiz out! I'm looting those bodies! You want me to burn your house down give you a good reason to join us? <laughs> what? No, don't burn down the bomb house! I still have need to unpack things! Oh, he's he's just the wizard. Don't worry about him. Well, who is in charge? Oh, that's me. Oh, wonderful. If as long as I can make enough of a wage in mending clothing and building the tent for you here, I won't charge you for the materials or the creation of the tent, but if you give me a job, I can pay I can pay for our rooms at the inn for my family for as long as you're in town and if we want to follow you afterwards, we'll follow you afterwards. So you want a temporary job that could possibly become a full-time job? He shrugs and says, I suppose, if you're okay with that. We take inter- interns now? Is that what that is? I'm not really sure that's exactly what I would call it, but I guess we can give it a try and see how it goes. Thank you. Uh, boys, go ahead and put your put your paints and your inks and, and everything in a different bag. Here, hand me that one. And he takes the the bag that he dropped all of the things out of, and he hands it to Moonlight and says, here, you look like you may really need to use something like this. It looks useful to you. We'll be fine without it. I just thank you for our lives. And he hands you a bag of holding. Moonlight already has a shadow of holding. Yeah, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. Thank you. Peach Pie does most of our carrying here, Peach Pie. Are you kidding me? The oh, wizard does shit. our carrying. Does carrying. <laughs> I know, but I can't put everybody. a bag of holding in an in- extra-dimensional space, so... <laughs> oh. It needs to go to somebody that doesn't already have an extra-dimensional space. That's fair. I don't have an extra... Ma- I don't have a bag of holding. Why can I not carry two bags of holding? You can. I just don't want the wizard to have everything. I never know when he's going to turn on us. <laughs> <laughs> the, wizard the wizard doesn't turn on people. He doesn't care enough. By, by turn, by turn on us, I mean just completely disappear. It's about them. I was saying, he might accidentally just walk away and get lost. That's about all that could happen. He's not turning on you. You, you will find him. God. If we want to find him, the mystic artists, traits, team, and audience. I haven't seen those yet. Team, this trick requires more than one person. Anytime a PC performing a signature trick accepts the co-star reaction from performer, the trick has this trait. Oh, I see. So it just automatically has that trait. It's just a co-star. Yeah. Do I have to identify the magic bag or do we know what it is? Oh, no. They, they'll basically tell you what it is. Bag of holding type four. Type four. Jesus. Uh, I'll swap with you has a capacity of 150 bulk. Jesus Christ. Who wants my type 1? I'll take the type 4. <laughs> Damn you. I want to carry everything. You got your sleeves. All right, you can have it. My sleeves I don't want to carry like anything. Nothing. Well, when you're comparing it to 150 bulk, a lot of it feels like it's nothing. It's fine. You, you take the type 4. I do like the idea of the wizard just having so much shit that he doesn't remember anything. He just like reaches in the bags and pulls out a fucking elephant. I feel like the type one is enough for you to hold all of your uh, alchemical shit. Yeah, easily. You're already walking around with three extra dimensional spaces on your body. But person. he needs a bigger one. <laughs> uh, I only have two. What? What three? I guess I was thinking each sleeve. I uh, kind of considering each sleeve. I, I still need to upgrade that because they don't hold a lot, actually. Oh shit! I no, I do actually have a third. I have gloves of storing too. 
<laughs> it's not, I don't think that's extra dimensional though. What is that? No, it's extra dimensional. Yeah, I do have three. <laughs> my my gloves, my sleeves, and my bag. Can I can I have both bags? <laughs> Throw four extra dimensional spaces on me. You're just you're just an extra dimensional accident waiting to happen. <laughs> Fuck! I forgot I had gloves of storing. What happens when you reach your gloves of storing and your sleeves of storing into your bag of holding? Like, then you've got like two extra the dimensional spaces inside ends. another extra dimensional the world, space. The world just ends. Not like, there really <laughs> isn't like an explosion of magic or anything. It's just. Just gone. over. It's, yeah. it's over. Grotius hits the boneyard in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You got a new set of performers. Sweet. Well, the father's going to work for you, too. Uh, so, unless there's anything else you would like to do at the Densert farm here, it takes them maybe a couple of hours to get packed up and ready to go, getting all of the canvas cloth that they'll need to both repair and expand your tent to the now largest tent size available. Fantastic. Which is a massive tent. And... If you're ready, you can put the Densert farm behind you. Next place we gotta go is we gotta go find uh, Gadarian's corpse, I'm certain, at Fortune's <laughs> Hall. <laughs> you all head back. It's only a 30-minute walk from the Densert farm back to town, but as you're returning back, the father certainly relays to you that uh, given what you've told him about the attack on the circus on the north end of town, what you've seen here, just outside the edges of the Densert farm, the Zolgaths and their dinosaurs are certainly paying attention to uh, this area. And if you recall, Gristark, the local hunter you saved from the plants, had mentioned that the tower is close, but it's still several miles from Willowside. It's not even in view from Willowside. So it's not like the tower's really close by. You find that odd. Uh, I guess we better find out why they would be so close to here, then. There's gotta be something bringing them this close. I have a bulk limit of 191. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> well, there you go, Tyler. If you ever go, well, where are you putting it all? <laughs> the wizard. The wizard has it. <laughs> and the bags of holding are definitely like inside my cloak too so like people don't see bags out you make it back to town the denserts follow you to the circus they get greeted by the professor and the performers the kids look just overjoyed and they're just running around talking to each performer in turn as a duo asking them about their performances once the kids get a chance to really talk to a lot of the performers, they demonstrate for the circus their abilities. Can we like make like an occultism check or something to like try to discern, like figure out what kind of connection they have? Like, is it magical or mystical sure. or something? Yeah, you can go ahead and give me a check while you're kind of observing the situation or observing everything here. Yeah, well, just kind of also like thinking on like what would allow them to be able to do that. Yeah, twenty-eight. You're not really sure. And you've certainly heard odd folk stories about twins in regards to their abilities to communicate with each other, relay feelings, thoughts, emotions. They reflect each other's moods sometimes, but nothing magical that you can really recall. Can I make a check? Sure. Cultism still? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I take twice as long. Of course. 34. Your spell slime actually kind of pops out and watches with you it doesn't react it doesn't seem to detect any magic from this in any way even if you were to cast detect magic you don't detect anything either so you don't actually think it's magical in nature not that you can tell at least if only Ginjana was still alive maybe she could dissect their brains and figure it out (laughs) (laughs) somebody said we had a killer (laughs) they are being evil and killing people at some point in the night while you're maybe consulting with the denserts about, you know, how to expand the tent, what color to dye the fabrics and the canvas and things of that nature. Ufi, for those who probably forgot, is the Azarketi, the water bender, if you will. Oh yeah, that dude. The, 
that was uh, kept in the hole in the ground with a cage over top. He walks up to to the wizard. Oh, hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi, wizard. Say, can I... Leans down close. Can I, can I talk to you for a minute? We're talking right now. Fantastic. Can I keep doing that? <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever you'd like. That's good. Okay. All right. Um... <clears throat> How do I... I'm having strange dreams. I want to ask you if you recognize any of the things that I'm seeing. Is it an elephant? No. Big elephant foot? No? No. Not another fucking night hag? (laughs) Another another (laughs) night hag. No, nothing nothing like that. See... Dingo and I decided to stay at the inn last night to, you know, get to know the people of town, have a drink, and then maybe we drank a little too much while we were there. Um, but anyways, Dingo said he had the exact same dream, and that's why I'm concerned about it. We saw this... You know how big the ocean is, right? Of course I do. Yeah. Which one? Well, I mean, we're surrounded by the inner sea. Let's just say the inner sea. I don't know. I couldn't see any land. Except for where I was standing. I was standing at the bottom of the ocean. But I wasn't covered in water. There was a a whirlpool that opened up all the way to the sky. And I could see just straight up. And overhead, there were storm clouds circling. And this monstrous tail with three sharp prongs on it was just encircling me. And I woke up, uh, uh, but it was really unsettling. Dingo said he saw it too, but he didn't see the tail. He said he ended up seeing this, like, very large reptile of some kind. And I know you guys are dealing with reptiles a lot, so I just uh, wanted to ask if that sounded familiar at all. Uh, can I make a check to see if that sounds familiar at all? For sure, brah. Go ahead and give me an occultism check. Taking twice along, as always. This DC is going to be a little higher. Mm. Hero point, 35. With a 35, you're not entirely certain. Hmm. You think of it, you think like a description, a telling of it. You know, it's helpful, but you're not experiencing it. You're not seeing it. There's a lot of, you know, water lizards out there. The fact that there's, you know, it has a tail with three spikes or claws or something at the end of it doesn't really help a ton. Might help if you were able to experience them yourself. I mean, it's Godzilla, obviously. How did they say they had these dreams? They were, they both just stayed at the, the inn? Yep, they both stayed at the inn. They were they were sharing a room, and they both woke up from the dream at exactly the same time, and relayed basically the exact dream to each other, as well. God, that's really interesting. The whiz walks away. <laughs> Thank thanks for your input. I guess he walks away a little dejected. Dingo's standing nearby. And he goes to talk to Dingo. Him and Dingo put their heads together and they just, they walk out of the tent and out of the area. This is going to bite me in the ass, isn't it? No comment. I mean, you rolled a 14. What what else can you do? I I didn't know where else to go with it, to be honest. It happened. It's there. Do with it what you will. I mean, it was pretty silly of them to approach the wizard and expect anything but indifference. So it's their own (laughs) thing. And I think that's probably what they were afraid of, except for they were looking for somebody who knows a lot. They had me going until I realized I don't know what it is, so... Instead of being a wizard and going, hmm, I wonder what that is, and trying to figure it out, he just walks away. That's interesting. No, he he sat there, because he took twice as long, so he sat there and thought about it. Even used a hero point. I don't know what that is, and just walked away. Took a couple of puffs, and moved on with his life then if nothing else happens bedtime comes the night passes everything is just fine you wake up the next day and prep to go try and save Gadarn and Cubby I guess
we be in time to save them? Or was the decision to go to the desert farm first a mistake? And either way, will anybody really care? Find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.